Hey, LifePoint family, thanks for joining us here on our YouTube channel. Before we dive into the message, Tammy and I wanna take a moment to share our excitement about an upcoming opportunity we engage in together every year as a church, and that's our year-end offering. That's right. In this season of generosity and reflection, we want to be intentional about expressing our gratitude to God while sowing a seed of faith into the future. And we do that through this annual offering that's over and above our regular giving. During this series overflow, we are dwelling on God's faithfulness, His goodness, and the impact your generosity has had, meeting people's needs and advancing the message of Jesus, not only in our communities, but around the world. However you share in this family, whether you attend in person or you're a part of our online community, we invite you to participate out of an overflow of gratitude for what God's done and what you're believing for in the year ahead. You know, Hebrews 12, 18 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and with awe. We want to personally invite you to prayerfully consider giving a one-time gift or even a recurring gift as a response of worship and also as an act of faith. You can go to lifepoint.org overflow to find out more. Whatever you decide to bring to this offering, know that we are eternally grateful to partner with you in advancing the mission. Now more than ever, people need the hope, the message, and the person of Jesus. So every gift you sow is a seed of faith that honors God, and we celebrate it. We love you so much, and we can't wait to see what God does through you and through all that we get to accomplish together. I'm so excited to get into this series. I wonder if anybody in the house today are America's Funniest Home Video fans. Any, come on, come on, raise your hand, every location. America's Funniest Home, so it's a big thing in our house is, um, is we, on family night, we watch uh, AFV and we eat pizza. Come on, somebody. Um, I try to eat healthy all week, and then it's, we dive in hard on pizza, and just, it's either, we'll be, it's either Little Caesars, Domino's, or Papa John's. Can I get an amen? Um, we don't go with Pizza Hut. I don't know why. We have nothing against it, um, but it's one of those three, and I got to be honest, my favorite is Papa John's with the peppers and the butter garlic sauce. Can I get an amen in the house of God? Butter garlic sauce. It's probably, it's probably clogging arteries as you look at it, not even eating it. You probably clog arteries looking at it, but, but I love it. And um, so one of my favorite things though is um, whenever they play the videos of the above ground pool tricks. You know what I'm talking about? The above ground pool, like it's like five feet high or whatever, and, and somebody built it in their backyard. And there's always a dad who tries to do some kind of flip or something. And I don't know why, because I know it like costs them a lot of money and destroys things, but I get such um, exci- joy out of watching them flip and breaking the side of the wall of the pool. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? And the water goes flowing all over the backyard and the pool's destroyed. I hope the individual is okay. But I I don't know why, I just laugh at those so much. And I was thinking about that as I thought about overflow because the word overflow means to go beyond your limit. And what happens when that pool breaks is that there are some limits for the water and the water goes beyond the limits. Here's my prayer for you and what I want for you in this series is that you would become the overflow. That, that, you, that you would not see yourself as the pool that you're trying to keep something in, but that you would become the overflow of everything God wants to put in you. When, when, that, when that pool breaks and the water goes, 
There's no blade of grass standing up straight anymore. It's all laying flat. There's no part of that yard that is not saturated with water because why? Because something has gone beyond its limits and it's flowed into and everything in its path gets consumed in the overflow, and this is my prayer, is that you individually, that us as a church, that, that we would go beyond our limits, that, that, that maybe you think you're limited with how much love you have to offer, that you would allow God in this season to just overflow love and go, God, God take me beyond my limits, that, that maybe you think you're limited in the peace that you can have. I just pray that in this season of overflow that, that it would go beyond your limits, and the only way you go beyond your limits is to allow God into the equation. That, that as we approach year-end offering, that, that you would go, God, take me beyond my limits. Let me be an overflow. I want everything that comes in the path of LifePoint Church, that there's not one blade of grass that can stand up straight when the water hits it, that there's not one area of the yard that isn't saturated when the water breaks. I want our communities to go because that church is there. There's an overflow of love. And there's an overflow of kindness and there's an overflow of grace. And there's, I want people that are in the, the depths of despair to go, man, there's just a current that is flowing out of those people. It's, a, it's an overflow of mercy and it's an overflow of compassion to the needs of the hurting and the poor. And, and God doesn't do it through us all unless he's doing it in you. And I want to flip your perspective because so many of us live with a limited mentality. We see what we can't do. Well, I can't be generous in that way. I can't be forgiving in that way. I can't be. I want to flip your perspective so that you see in this season with God, no, I can go beyond my limits. I can be the overflow. That, that, that I can see the exceedingly abundantly and above anything I ask or imagine happen in my life, I want to be the overflow. Somebody, somebody shout, I'm going to be the overflow. I'm going to be it. I'm, I'm going to be the overflow. I'm going to be the water that saturates the yard. I'm, I'm going to be the overflow in my school. I'm going to be the overflow in my neighborhood. I'm going to be the overflow at work. That everywhere I go, I'm going to be that overflow. I want, I want to bring your attention to a scripture that's kind of going to be the foundational scripture as we walk through these six weeks. We're going to come back to it several times over the next six weeks. And it's found in Hebrews. And I love this thought, especially in the day that we're living in right now. And Hebrews chapter 12 says this, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let me time out there for just a second. I want you to understand that when everything is shaking around you, as it may feel over over the last 18, 20 months. I thought the other day, people keep saying the last 18 months when we keep moving. I'm like, isn't it growing? Isn't it like 20, 21 months, maybe whatever. But this last season, we all get it, that everything feels shaken. It feels unstable around you in some ways. I want you to know this, that the kingdom of God is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I, that's, why, that's why I so want you to anchor your life in Jesus. So I want you to anchor the investment of your time into the kingdom of God, building God's house. Why, why Pastor, are you trying to get something from me? No, I'm trying to get something to you that in the middle of a world that is unstable, in the middle of a world that seems chaotic, in the middle of a world that it's like, are we up, are we down, or is it heads, or is it tails? I want you to know you can plant your life into something, a kingdom that is not shaken. 
I promise you this, you can walk through this life. It is the peculiarness of the Christian that the doctor may give me a bad report, but I'm not shaken because I'm standing, I'm receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That no matter what happens in DC, I'm not spun around by it because I'm planted in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It does not matter what the Dow does or the stock market does. I am planted in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It does not matter if everybody around me has lost their mind. Come on, I'm planted in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I just think somebody, I'm gonna get to the message. I just think somebody needs to be reminded today. You're planted in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so if you plant your life on other things, it will be shaken. If you plant your life on other things, you'll see the limits. You'll see what you can't do. You won't see yourself as an overflow. But you can be an overflow when you're planted in a kingdom that can't be shaken. When you're planted in a kingdom that has unlimited resources. But if I'm going to be planted in a kingdom that can't be shaken, I've got to live according to a kingdom mindset. A kingdom mentality. goes on to say this. He says this. So because of that, because of this reality that I'm planted in a kingdom, I'm receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken. I'm, let me say it this way. Maybe that like kingdom. What do you mean, Pastor? I'm I'm receiving a way of living that can't be shaken. I'm planted on the person of Jesus. Here's what I should do. Let us be thankful. Everybody shout, let us be. Come on, say it again. Let us be. Let us be thankful. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Because we're receiving this kingdom that can't be shaken, let us be thankful. We're in the month of November. We're heading into Thanksgiving. We're going to be thanking God for great food, hopefully times with people we like. If not, then God's working your character. You know, It's, it's beneficial either way. And, uh, and uh, turkey coma and some good football. Come on, can I get an amen? God's house. So, But he says, be thankful. And so this is what I want to talk to you in the next few minutes today is about this idea of gratitude. And I I want to come from this angle with you today. I want to show you what gratitude produces or what gratitude gets you. Um, I think sometimes we we can ask, and it's not always a bad question, what, what am I getting out of this? I'm giving a whole lot. What am I getting out of this? I want to show you that when you give, gratitude, you get a whole lot of things. It's not the motivation, but I want you to be aware of it. And so when I give gratitude, that I want us to be thankful. I think if we're going to start anywhere in this idea of being the overflow, I want to be, this is bad grammar. I know this. I want to be overflowing with gratitude. I, I want, I want, there's enough negativity. There's enough criticism. There's enough Why ain't I getting mine? There's enough. I want to overflow with gratitude. I want to overflow with gratitude. So if you're a note taker, write these things down. If you're not, write it down. Good. You haven't forgotten that in four weeks of at the movie. So I want you to, I want to start with number one. Number one, um, I want to show you why we should do gratitude. And then we'll give you four things on, on what it gets you. Number one is, is why this real simple. It's God's will. It's God's will. If you're new to church and you're like, what does that mean, God's will? It's God's desire for you. 
It's what God wants for you. So gratitude in the life of the believer honestly isn't an option. Like complaining, being ungrateful, entitled, that's not an option in the life of the believer. Gratitude is. Look what the Bible says. First Thessalonians says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you if you belong to Jesus. If you belong to, so entitlement, negative, it's not the option if you belong to Jesus. If you don't belong to Jesus, have at it. But <laughs> I don't think it goes anywhere good for you. But if you belong to Jesus, you've been crucified with Christ, you've surrendered to him, so now you're following his marching orders. That's what we're saying. And he says, in all circumstances. So pastor, you mean when I got laid off, I've gotta be thankful? Yeah. You mean when I got the diagnosis that I didn't want to get, you mean I've got to be thankful? You mean that what I just walked through, the job loss in this pandemic, the loss of family, the, the pain of rejection, you mean all those things. I know I need to be thankful for like the good stuff in my life, like I got a new job or, or I met a girl and she went on a date with me and it was awesome and you showered and that's awesome and... Like, I, I know I'm supposed to be thankful for all those things. I made the soccer team or I made the cheer team. I'm supposed to be, I know I'm supposed to be grateful, but you mean in all circumstances I'm supposed to be thankful? Yeah, it's God's will for you. It's God's will for you. Now, I want you to notice the Bible doesn't say for all things, be grateful. It says in all things. It'd be a little psychotic to be like, I, I, how you doing? I'm horrible, but I'm just, I'm so glad I'm horrible. Like, I'm really thankful, you know, that my car broke down and that my hot water heater blew up. I'm just so thankful for it. No, no, no. No, he doesn't say that. He says, in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you, that in the middle of it, so in the middle of it, I can find something to be grateful for. In the middle of it, I can go, God, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't like what you're doing. This doesn't feel great what you're doing, but I know you work all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So in the middle of it, I can be thankful. In the middle of it, I can be grateful that you're working all things together for my good. I know that you never leave me and you never forsake me. So I don't like it, I feel alone, I feel hurt, I feel hopeless, but in it I can be grateful. Because it's God's will for me. I wanna overflow with gratitude. I don't wanna be, it's elementary to be grateful for the good things. That, that's, that's, that's kindergarten Christianity. I'm trying to grow up some graduate level believers. Come on in the house. I'm trying to grow some, some, some PhD disciples in the house that go, no, no, I don't, I don't live at the elementary level. I don't, just, I don't have just gratitude when it's all going my way. I've got gratitude in all, in all circumstances. I'm finding places of gratitude. Number two is this, gratitude shifts my focus. Gratitude, it, it helps dial in. It's, gratitude is, is a great lens to look through. It, it's a great way to dial. Here's the reality is that all of us are focusing on something every day. 
Something gets your focus every day. Several years ago, I don't know how many now, I preached a message and I said this, whatever you focus on, you magnify, and whatever you magnify, you focus on. And so if you focus on all the bad things in your life, then you magnify all the bad things in your life, and whatever you magnify, then you end up focusing on, and then you magnify it, and do you see what happens? You create this cycle of negativity, you create this cycle of entitlement, you create this cycle of ungratefulness, but if you begin to just, even if it's a small little tiny thing that you can begin to focus on that you're grateful for, then all of a sudden it begins to open a world to you of like, well, yeah, then I'm grateful for that as well, and, and I'm grateful for that as well, and, and I'm, 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 I'm hating 95, but I'm glad I'm driving to a job. Yeah. Are you fine? It begins to shift your focus. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm having conflict with my sibling right now, but thank God I've got a sibling and, and they're alive. Are you following me? Like, I'll say, I like the way that the psalmist said it in Psalm 136. He said, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords for his steadfast love endures forever. To him alone who does great wonders for his steadfast, you get the point, his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens for his steadfast love endures forever. The psalmist just decided, I'm gonna focus on this that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. I'm gonna give thanks to the Lord for that. that and, and you have a choice every day. If you're gonna be an overflow, if you're, if, you're gonna, if, you're gonna, if you're gonna be the dad that hits the side of the pool and the overflow goes out, you have a choice to make. What am I gonna focus on? Well, I wish I had more money to buy gifts for my kids. Well, thank God for what you do have. I, I'm not trying to downgrade. I'm not saying don't aspire for more, don't dream for more. I'm all about that. I'm just saying what gets your focus, you magnify. And what you magnify, you focus on. And what you focus on, you magnify. Listen to me. You could spend all day focusing on, on all the ills of the world that fill your social media, whatever. I don't know what it's called. Timeline or thing. 45, y'all. I'm starting to not even know what these things are. I'm almost to the age where I put the in front of all this stuff. The YouTube, the Facebook, the TikTok. No, I don't. I'll never do that. I'm just saying what you, you get to choose. Be like the psalmist and God. Give thanks to God for the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. The God of all gods, the steadfast love in the Lord endures forever. You get to choose what gets your focus. Gratitude will shift your focus to the goodness of God, to the provision of God, to the sustaining power of God, to the kindness of God in your life. If you just, it, you make the choice, God's not going to come in and like rattle you. God's not going to come in and like go, hey, get it together. You get to make the choice. Psalmist said, give thanks to the Lord. He says, in another, he says, Oh, my soul rejoice. He's talking to himself. Like you got to tell yourself. Yes. The steadfast love of the Lord endures 
forever. Everything seems shaky right now, but the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. They said some things about me that weren't true. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. I don't know what, what tomorrow's going to bring at my job. I, I don't know if I'm going to have it by the end of the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. Gratitude will shift your focus. Number three, gratitude yields contentment. Man, this is so needed. I love this passage. It says, I'm not saying this because I am in need for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. This is Paul talking, I love this. He goes, I know what it is to be in need. In other words, I've been in the situation where it's not good. And I know what it is to have plenty, but I've learned the secret. Man, how much do we need this? I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Now you're like, Pastor, um, he didn't talk about gratitude here. What does that have to do with gratitude? I want you to watch this. Paul is most likely in a Philippian jail when he's writing this. And he's saying, I've had a lot and I've had little. In other words, I've had mountaintop days and I've had valley days. I've had it when it's going my way and I've had it when it's not going my way at all. But in the middle of it, I've learned to be content. And look what he says. Because we quote this verse all the time. Um, in a different context, but this is the context that I've got a lot and I've got little. I've got a job and I have no job. I made the team and I didn't make the team. I got accepted to the college and I didn't get accepted to the college. I lived through a pandemic and I still don't know how to deal with it all. I've learned to be content. And then he says this, he says, because I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now I'm, I'm not opposed, don't hear me. I'm not opposed to like, you know, putting it in the black mark right here. But it's really not what the Bible's talking about. Like if, if it fires you up to like win the game, then go win the game. If, if you're like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, I'm gonna go ask her out right now. Like if that's what it takes, go for it. But that's not what Paul was saying in Philippians. He was saying, I've been in jail and I've been without food and I've had high tops and I've had low valleys, but in the middle of it, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. He said, I've learned contentment, but still he's not talking about gratitude. But in Philippians, he says this, and I think this is why Paul could say this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. So Paul is in jail. Paul has went through shipwreck. Paul has went through beatings. He's went through being beaten by a snake. He's been through towns that threw him out of town because he was preaching the gospel. And he said, through it all, I've learned contentment. And in the same breath, he says, and I think this is the secret, he says, rejoice in the Lord. I'm not in my circumstance but I'm finding joy, I'm rejoicing, I'm, I'm expressing gratitude, I'm expressing worship to God because gratitude yields contentment. Because gratitude will get your eyes off of their vacation and comparing it to your vacation. And it'll get your eyes off of what neighborhood are they living, what am I, and what are they driving, and what am I driving, and what school they go to, and did I make, and 
it gets your eyes off that and it gets your eyes on the goodness and the provision of God in your life. And like Paul, you can go, on the good days I'm content and on the bad days I'm content. And when I have it all, I'm content. And when they lay me off, I'm content. And if I make the team, I'm content. And if I don't make the team, I'm content. And if I get accepted to the program, I'm content. And if I don't get it, and if I make the sale, and if I don't make the sale, and if my golf score is great, come on somebody, and if my golf score is horrible, I'm content. Content in the middle of all of it. Why? Because I'm rejoicing in the Lord. I've got gratitude. I'm seeing the goodness of God. Because it all works together. Because what I focus on, I magnify. What I magnify, I focus on. When I'm focusing on the goodness of God, there's contentment in my soul. I don't need anything else. Look at what all he's done for me already. And it leads us to the next one. I, I love this thought. Is that gratitude, it'll posture your heart. Posture your heart. I'm, I'm going to read you a verse that when I read, I was like, wow, that's strong. So I'm just forewarning you, all right? Like, like don't, don't bow up, but just be open to receive it. <laughs> but look at this passage. It says this, what are you so puffed up about? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if all you have is from God, why act as though you are so great? And as though you have accomplished something on your own. Isn't that strong? Yeah. Paul's like, like, <laughs> it's like one, two punch. Like, where, what are you so puffed up about? If, if, if you haven't accomplished anything on your own, then why is the posture anything but thank you, Jesus? It, it postures my heart. It postures my heart in a place of humility. The Bible says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And gratitude postures my heart to receive more goodness of God, more grace of God, more kindness of God, right? Postures my heart in the right place. Everything I have comes from God. And so nothing I have, I created. I didn't do this on my own. God, it was a gift of God in my life. And so it postures my heart to stay in the right place. It keeps my heart from pride, keeps my heart from arrogance, keeps my heart from going down the wrong path. It, it postures me, I, I think, as we think about year in giving and all of us together, we're gonna pray. I believe all of us are gonna pray together and, and ask God, God, what would you have me do? How would you have me? It helps me to live with real open hands and go, God, all these blessings, I didn't do it. Came from you. What do you, what do you want? What, part, what portion of this do you want to advance your kingdom? Because it postures my heart in the right place. Gratitude will posture my heart in the right place. God, thank you. God, thank you. I did. God, thank you for work. Thank you for the clothes I got on. Thank you for the house I live in. Thank you for the family I have. Thank you for the friends that are surrounding me. Thank you for my church. Thank you for my amazing pastor. What a great preacher and leader. I'm, I'm just sorry. You just had to get make sure you're awake. But it postures my heart in the right place. You ready for one more? Come on, come on, church. You ready? Everybody good? You ready for one more? I think this may be the greatest gift that gratitude gives us. And it's this, is that gratitude invites God's presence. Gratitude invites God's presence. I wanna, and I want to show you this. You may, you may not see it initially in the verse, but I want to show you it to you in the book of Philippians. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with 
thanksgiving. Don't be anxious, but with everything in prayer and thanksgiving, so with gratitude, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now follow with me, just we'll wrap up in a minute. I want you to see this. It's really important. It's a really big deal. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then what does God do? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will fill your heart and your mind. You don't get the peace of God unless you have the presence of God. Because it's the presence of God that brings the peace of God. And so with thanksgiving, what happens? I invite the presence of God. And so then what happens when God shows up? Peace that surpasses all understanding, fills my heart, fills my mind. Really, I should make the point that gratitude invites God's presence and gives me God's peace. Gratitude invites, you want the presence of God in your life? Just start living a grateful life. You want the presence of God in your life more than just when you're singing with the team on a Sunday and it's amazing and the lights and the sound and that, that bass is, you know, like, oh, so I'll lift up my hands and praise you again. And you're just like, I feel so grateful right now. I feel God's presence. You know what? Monday morning, you can wake up and go, God, I thank you for the kids that are about to get up and come get me out of bed. And God, I thank you that today I'm going to go to school and I got good friends. And God, I thank you for my church family. God, I thank you for my family of birth. God, I thank you that you've provided every need I could ever have. Thank you that I got breath in my lungs and clothes on my back. Thank you that I'm about to go down and make coffee and eat a breakfast today. You know what that does? Presence of God. It's gratitude invites the presence of God. You feeling lonely one day? You sitting at work feeling like nobody sees you? You don't even have to bow your head. Just sit there at your cubicle and go, thank you that I got a job today, God. God, I just want to thank you today that you saved me, that you changed me, that you've given me a new purpose, a destiny. I promise you, presence of God. Because gratitude invites the presence of God. Here's my prayer for you that you would overflow with gratitude. That everywhere you go, there wouldn't be one blade of grass that wouldn't lay down, one part of the yard that wouldn't be saturated because you overflowed. How would it change the world around you? How would it change your relationships if everywhere you went? How would it change our communities if us as a church if people went, man, there's life point people, you can't run into them without them saying thank you or expressing gratitude or being just so, so grateful for something. They're just kind of annoying how grateful they are. Just always grateful. Wouldn't that be re better than the alternative? Always so entitled, always so negative. No, 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 no. We're gonna be a people so grateful, just overflowing in gratitude, overflowing in gratitude. Why don't you put it to practice this week? Don't you just overflow with gratitude towards that person taking your coffee order and overflow with gratitude towards your spouse. How would it change your marriage this week? 
You may get lucky. You just overflow. <laughs> just if you're married, praise God. But you just overflow with gratitude. Come on. It invites the presence of God. It's the will of God. It produces contentment. So much good stuff found in gratitude. Will you pray with me? Every location, everybody joining us online, unless you're driving, keep your eyes open. I want to ask you just two questions. Number one is what's God saying to you today? Where are areas in your life that what you once called a blessing, you now call a burden and you're no longer grateful for it? Are there areas in your life where you used to pray for that thing and now God gave it to you and now you complain about it? Where are the areas in your life that could use a little more gratitude? So what is God saying to you? And number two, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? How are you going to apply the word? Don't just be a hearer be someone that puts it into practice. Father, we love you today. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for us that we might know what it is to truly be alive. Thank you for demonstrating your love for us and that while we were so far from you, you died for us. Thank you. Thank you for provision in our life. Thank you that although it may not have gone well for us over the last 18 months, we're still standing stronger, more full of faith, better than ever. Thank you for the relationships in our life. Thank you for our church family. I thank you for every person that calls this place home. What a gift they are. What a gift they are. We love you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We pray this. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we hope today's message spoke to your situation and was helpful to your life. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to the channel. We're posting new content every week. And also, if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can click the link below. You know, it's thanks to the generosity of people like you that we're able to meet the needs of people all over the world. So thank you for making a difference and helping deliver this message to the people that need it most. And thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you soon.